Can't believe that it's the last week of the school year. What a year it's been. Think back to August of this school year. For some of you, that was the time that you met Chi Alpha and you got plugged in. Maybe you simply wanted a free chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A and somehow you got wrapped into this crazy sorority sounding college ministry and your life's been completely turned upside down because of the name of Jesus. For some of you, you didn't know Jesus at all last August and now your life is completely devoted to him. It's pretty cool. For others of you, you came into college, going to church for over the past year, maybe you've learned what it looks like to be fully devoted to him, or maybe you found Christian community for the first time and your life has changed in that way. Others of you led your first small group this past year, and back in August, you were trying so hard to not be alone and to make friends, and you did it. You made it to May, and no one died in your small group. Come on, baby. You did it. You led a small group. Others of you are upperclassmen who have been a part of Chi Alpha for a little bit, and hopefully as you look back at this past year, you've grown, and you've helped your small group and your community become more like Jesus. And finally, some of you started your last year of Chi Alpha back in August. And you're here today as your last service as a Chi Alpha student. The year has flown by. I feel like it was just August. And now our Chi Alpha looks completely different. But I'm so grateful for Jesus and for him bringing all of you into our lives. We're going to end our time together this school year by looking forward. We're going to chart a course to what is the future for Chi Alpha and as we go into this next season. This vision that we're going to look at is going to come from Paul's second letter to the church of Corinth. It says this in 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed to the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Let me pray. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for all of our seniors. Thank you for everyone who is transitioning, everyone who's sticking around. God, we just pray that we can meet with you tonight. We love you so much. Amen. Amen. All right, on a completely unrelated note, I got something to confess to you all. I am not the most patriotic person in the planet. Like, I like America. I'm thankful to live here, but you're never going to catch me in one of those American flag t-shirts. It's not going to happen. I don't have the Bermuda shorts with the American flag across it. I just don't care that much. But in December of 2021, this changed for a brief moment. Taylor and I, we went on a vacation to New York City. And on this trip, part of it was going to see the Statue of Liberty. So we get on a boat and we head out to the statue. And as this boat ride is going, I just keep staring at the statue. I just keep looking at her. I'm gazing at Lady Liberty. We get to the island. I get off the boat. I'm still infatuated with her. Just keep checking her out. That sounded weird anyways. <laughs> We're walking around the statue, and I just keep looking at her. And halfway through, I'm just like, you know what? I am American. <laughs> Land of the free, home of the brave. The United States. God bless America. And for a brief moment, as I stared Lady Liberty in the eye, my heart was transformed into a patriotic man. I was ready to go buy the stupid American flag t-shirts, get the swimming trunks on, because that was my country and my people. Land of the free, baby. See, as I beheld the Statue of Liberty, I was transformed into becoming patriotic. The lady changed me. And this is what Paul is getting at in our passage tonight. He tells us that as we behold the glory of the Lord with an unveiled face, as we look at Jesus, we will be transformed. He starts by saying, and we all with unveiled face. This goes back to the Old Testament, this idea of unveiled face. So it points back to the book of Exodus, actually. So Moses was a leader for the people of God, and he would go on a mountain, and he would be with God. And when he'd come back to speak to the people of God, he would have to wear a veil. 
So that was the thing about like a wedding, like a veil, to cover the glory of the Lord because the people were scared because he had been with God, it transformed his face and it was like shining. So he had to wear this veil to kind of be a, a gap between them. They were worried that the glory of the Lord would harm them. And Paul is telling us that we get to look at the glory of God with an unveiled face. Unveiled meaning that the veil has been lifted or removed, right? That means at one time we were veiled because it doesn't just say there's no veil. It says we're unveiled, means it's been lifted. So we used to wear a veil. There used to be something blocking us from looking at the image of God, but it's been lifted. Think back to an old wedding when a husband would lift the veil of, a, of his bride before he kisses her. What Paul is getting at is we've been unveiled. That means we used to be separated from God. We weren't able to look at Jesus. See, our sin makes it so we should not be able to behold the glory of God. We should be separated from the love of God, but because of Jesus dying on a cross, the veil's been lifted. No longer are we separated from God, but we get to look at him. If you've given your life to Jesus, you can stare at the glory of God. But I think we often don't take this idea seriously enough. I think we view spending time with Jesus as an obligation, when in actuality, it's an opportunity. See, we should not get to be in the presence of Jesus. We should be veiled. But because of the death of Jesus, we can. But we take this opportunity so lightly, right? We'll neglect time with God. We'll prioritize other things. We'll choose homework, video games, TV, TikTok, over time with Jesus. And if we think about this, when we're doing this, we're mocking the work of Jesus on the cross that made it possible for us to be with God. See, what it'd be like is if someone sold everything they have to buy you a really nice guitar because you told them, I really want to learn how to play guitar. So they go and sell everything they own to buy you the really expensive guitar and you're given this guitar, but then you decide to never play it because you want to spend your time doing other things that you'd rather watch TikTok or hang out with your girlfriend than practice this million dollar guitar that someone gave everything up for you to have. When we don't spend time with Jesus, this is what we're doing. We're not using the gift that Jesus gave everything for us to have. We're not appreciating what Jesus did for us for the gift of the presence of God. But the veil's been lifted. So we should appreciate this gift, right? And as our faces are unveiled, we get this opportunity to behold the glory of God. It says this, 2 Corinthians 3, 18, the next part, beholding the glory of the Lord. Behold the glory. Behold the glory. This simply means look at Jesus. This is the vision. Tonight is Vision Tuesday. That's why it says it up there. What's the vision going forward? The vision's quite simple. We're going to look at Jesus. As we go into this next season of life, whether that's the 2023-2024 Chi Alpha school year, or maybe it looks like you transitioning to life after college or in a different city, the vision is the same. This is what we're going to do. We're going to behold the glory of God. We are going to look at Jesus and be radically devoted to looking at him. We're going to spend time with Jesus. We're going to look at Jesus through the Bible, through worship, through prayer. Our eyes are often so focused on our own lives that we miss the most beautiful thing in all of history, which is Jesus right next to us. So it's simple. Nothing too crazy tonight. As we go to the next season, this is it. We're going to behold the glory of the Lord. Behold means to see, to observe, to gaze at. We're going to look at Jesus, and then we're going to invite our friends to do the same. Our goal is not to fill Lang Auditorium. Our goal is to get 10,000 Panthers looking at Jesus. To behold the glory of God is to look at like the majesty or the goodness of God. What this means 
is it's not just about doing the good Christian thing. It's not just about like reading your Bible to check off a checklist. No, beholding the glory of the Lord is thinking deeply about God, meditating on the Bible, not doing things just to do them, but actually finding life and joy in Jesus. If you're here and you don't follow Jesus, I want you to know that it can be the most beautiful thing in the world. That following Jesus is anything but an obligation, but instead it's an opportunity to meet with your creator and to live a life that you were actually designed to live. We're not about following rules around here. We're about looking at Jesus. This is not about you being a good Christian or getting God to love you more. Actually, beholding Jesus helps you love God more. That's the whole purpose. God loves you the same no matter what you do. But we just need to get our hearts turned to love Jesus more. And as we love Jesus, we're gonna wanna think more about him. We're gonna wanna spend more time with him. And as we behold him, we're gonna wanna look like Jesus. And this is the third part. We are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. We are to be transformed into his image. As we behold the glory of God through spending time with him, we will be transformed into the image of God. In Chi Alpha world, you'll hear this word a lot, discipleship. What discipleship means is like discipling under Jesus. There's a Greek word. The Greek language is what the New Testament was written in. The Greek word for disciple is probably best translated to apprentice. So this is what Chi Alpha is all about. Following Jesus is apprenticing under Jesus. To apprentice means to look at someone and copy what they're doing, to learn from them, to be like them. This is discipleship, looking at Jesus and then doing what he does, being transformed to become a little Jesus. This is the vision. We're gonna look at Jesus and we're gonna be transformed to be more like him. We're gonna be transformed into his image from one degree of glory to another. This means that saying you're a Christian Coming to church, small group, or Chi Alpha, that's not what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. If that's where you're at, I'm so glad you're here. But that's not a disciple of Jesus. A disciple of Jesus means you truly follow him and you're in the process of becoming more like him. This does not mean you need to be perfect. Hear me. No one around here is perfect. And it does not mean you need to earn the love of God through your actions. But what this means is if we truly love Jesus, we will want to look at him. And as we look at him, we're gonna be transformed to be more like him. And that's the vision, to follow Jesus and to see our lifestyles changed. See, if your life looks the exact same as it did before you met Jesus, except you come to church things more often, you must ask yourself, has Jesus truly changed your heart? If Jesus has truly changed your heart, that'll change your lifestyle because what happens inward should flow outward, right? The Bible is very clear about that. So as a Jesus follower, your life should not be defined by the same things it used to be. So things like partying, pride, sex outside of marriage, bitterness, gossip, anger, those things as we follow Jesus should start to lose their grips on our lives. Because if you love Jesus, you're going to try to be more like him. So this is the vision going forward. Not just to grow Chi Alpha. Hear me, I want Chi Alpha to grow. I think it would be really fun to have a lot of people in here and fill this room up. But I do not want to fill this room with people who just say they're Christians and like a good Christian show, but their lives don't reflect the glory of God. We don't want to just fill this room. We want to fill this room with little Jesuses. Disciples of Jesus. Apprentices of Jesus. See, here's my dream, that this room is full of college students whose lives are actually transformed by the message of King Jesus. My goal is that it is impossible 
for someone to be in Chi Alpha and for their life to not be transformed by the image of Jesus because we just behold the glory of God, that Jesus is the center of this room. And as we look at him, our lives are changed. Our goal here is to see our lives transformed into the image of Jesus. This is the vision of discipleship, to become more like Jesus. See, we will not sacrifice discipleship at the altar of growth. We're going to behold the glory of God, and we're going to be transformed to be more like him. We're jumping just right in tonight because I don't have very much time, so i got to go quick. So that's the vision. We're going to look at Jesus, and we're going to be transformed to look more like him. Because this is our birthright. Our birthright is this idea of discipleship. Our birthright, well, it's our right to royalty. See, because of the work of Jesus, we have the right to become a prince or princess in the kingdom of God because we're his sons and daughters of the king. As we behold the king, we get to enter his family. We have a birthright to family, to living in the kingdom of God with other followers of Jesus who push us to be more like Jesus. See, community is vital to what we do. Community is crucial to our vision. We cannot behold the image of God alone. We need each other to push us to be more like Jesus, right? That's why your small group's there for, to help you be more like Jesus. But to finish off our verse tonight, we also have this right to more. The verse ends by saying, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Who is the Spirit? We have the right to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us power from God to be his witnesses. See, Jesus did not leave us on earth to accomplish this mission alone. He gave us the Holy Spirit to equip us to live missions, right? Acts 1.8, we receive power from the Holy Spirit to be his witness, right? We receive power to live missions. We have this birthright to live for something greater than ourselves. That's why I highlighted those small group leaders for you. I know it takes time and it makes it so I get to preach shorter and I like preaching long, so I have to sacrifice that because they've lived a life that's not about them. And that is the vision going forward is we are gonna live missions. We're gonna live for something that's greater than what's best for me right now. We're not gonna focus just on our own personal transformation in the image of Jesus, but also our friends. See, the vision going forward is greater than just you beholding the glory of God. It's also about the next generation beholding the glory of God. This looks like the incoming freshman class and new transfer students meeting Jesus next fall. If you're gonna be here next fall, whether you're a small group leader or not, you are called to live missions. You're called to give your life to see new students come to know Jesus. We need each and every one of you to be in the game. Next year, we have less small group leaders because so many people are graduating. So for those of you that are not stepping into small group leadership, we still need you to live on mission, right? We need you at Welcome Week events, at the Chick-fil-A party, inviting people to Chi Alpha, inviting people into relationship with you and with Jesus. So you are not off the hook because you don't have the title of leader. The call to live missions is not contingent on having a small group leader name tag, right? It doesn't say, okay, now you can live missions. No, 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 The name tag is not, the name tag's just for the QR code. Not for the call to live missions. This is the vision. Everyone is called to reach the next class. Here's the vision. If you're coming back, you're not on the bench. This might be your first time here. There's more first-time people here than I would expect in the last week. I'm like, oh, I gotta kind of change it up a little bit. But 
Even if it's your first time here, I think God might want to do something powerful in your life tonight and then use you in greater ways next year. We don't believe in long like incubating periods around here. We believe that God has called you because Jesus loves you more than you could ever imagine. I promise you that Jesus has a plan for your life, that you're not here by accident. That's not an accident you're here on the first night being the last week of the year because maybe God wants to stir something in your heart before you go home for the summer and then you're gonna come back and transform the campus and that your time in college will be about something greater than just yourself. So everyone needs to get in the game and live on missions next fall. My encouragement is for you to move in early before freshmen move in. Give up some time the week before classes to help us reach this campus for Jesus. Storm our campus in the name of Jesus and work hard that everyone is invited to our launch service next fall. Wouldn't that be cool if all 10,000 students are invited to be here? See, by next fall, I just learned that my kids are coming early, so I'll probably have two kids. You'll get to meet them. They'd like to meet you. They also want to meet all of your friends that don't live here yet. My twins are going to be social butterflies. They're going to want to meet a lot of friends. Do they want to be up in the balcony meeting some friends, some new freshmen? Because they, they love freshmen, they told me. <laughs> but see, if you don't live missions next fall, my twins will be lonely. And then they're destined for failure. Oh, I can't go down that road. <laughs> uh. <sighs> you are all called to live missions next fall. I don't give a rip if you have a title of a small group leader. Because God is going to use you no matter what your name tag says. So no one is off the hook. This is your first time here? Welcome. I guess you're not off the hook. <laughs> See, this right to live missions all culminates, all these rights culminate with this right to beauty. The beauty of looking at Jesus, beholding the glory of God, and seeing this beautiful calling over our lives. This calling, the beautiful calling of Jesus, is you actually get to lose all your rights. Isn't that exciting? See, this is our birthright. Our birthright is to surrender everything under the feet of Jesus. To bow to King Jesus and do whatever he desires. This is the vision we are going to do, as it says in Luke 9, 23, deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow Jesus every single day. That is your birthright. To deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow King Jesus daily. To behold the image of God. To look at King Jesus and be transformed by him no matter the cost. As we behold the beauty of Jesus we won't be able to help but give everything up for him. And as we do this, we will be formed. Because that's what discipleship is. It's what we talked about tonight. Being formed into the image of Jesus. To actually see your life change. See, our prayer for you in Chi Alpha, if you're here, is not that you just come for a good spiritual moment, but to see your life actually transformed by the image of God. I want to help you fall more in love with Jesus. That's why we're here. So this formation will dictate everything in your life. One specific thing that we talk about a lot in Kyle, this will dictate your romantic life and the way you get together. If you haven't picked up on it, I'm going through my sermon series in the past year, right? And getting together is the next one. I didn't really know how to. So those of you knew, I preach different sermon series like every three weeks, and I've been referencing all of them. I had no clue how to do the, this one. It was about dating. So we're going to get together and have fun, I guess. But it was called getting together. <laughs> Cheers. Or we will get together to transform the university. And the marketplace, right? Because the next sermon series is called Meet Me in the Marketplace. So some of you are going to be transformed out of Chi Alpha and go meet someone in the marketplace, right? And you're going to bring Jesus with you. Because we believe in transforming everywhere we go. And you're going to bring the power of God with you. 
We transform the university. We transform the marketplace. If you're graduating, you will be such a missionary for King Jesus in the marketplace. And finally, we transform the world. And if we do this, if we behold the glory of God and we are transformed to his image and we seek to transform the world around us, if we do all that, we'll see awakening. We will see thousands of students here at UNI and Hawkeye come to know King Jesus. We will see revival in the Cedar Valley as an awakening happens in the marketplace. As people run to King Jesus. My prayer is that the first missionaries that Kyle for you and I ever sends out are sitting in these seats right now. I've got some of you on a list, but I'll talk to you later. We're gonna send missionaries out to reach the world with the good news of Jesus. And we'll see awakening, not just in Cedar Falls and Iowa and the United States, but we're gonna see awakening in post-Christian cultures where Jesus is, has been. We'll see awakening where there's unreached people groups in the Middle East and people have never heard the name of Jesus, but we're gonna see awakening because what God has done in you, he's gonna do through you across the world and will transform the world. We're gonna see awakening leave these four walls and go across the world. This is why we do it all to see awakening. And awakening is just when a ton of people come to know King Jesus and are set on fire by Jesus. This is the vision, is to see awakening. First, to see awakening happen in us and then through us. Here's my prayer, Chi Alpha. My prayer is that when I see you, I see the love of Jesus in your eyes and the holiness of Jesus in your lifestyle. When I see you, I see the love of King Jesus in your eyes where there's not an ounce of judgment in you that we are full of grace and that no matter what people do around you, we love them because the love of Jesus is in our eyes, but at the same time, the holiness of God is in our lifestyles. We don't just talk about Jesus, we live Jesus because he's the vision. We behold the glory of God and we're transformed into his likeness. And then we invite our friends to do the same. And then we'll see our campus turned upside down. So what does this practically look like? Well, we have two groups of people in here tonight. So I'm going to talk to both groups. Number one, for those of you coming back here next fall, the first step to seeing this vision of awakening come true is you need to have a good summer. Hallelujah, you need to have a good summer. Back before winter break, I gave you 10 steps to a good break. I'm not going to dive as deep as I did back then, but I want to remind you of them. So real devotion. We take a break from school, not Jesus. Jesus doesn't only exist when you have classes. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. I'll give it to myself. Real devotion. Take a break from school, not Jesus. All right, here's four things that you can do to live a life of real devotion. Number one, get a Bible reading plan. Means if you follow Jesus, you should spend time reading the word of God. Okay? Get a Bible reading plan. Number two, pray for at least 15 minutes every day. Prayer is not about transforming the world around you. Prayer is about transforming your heart inside of you. And as you pray, you will be transformed. Number three, read Jesus books. That means read books about Jesus. Preferably, maybe, from an old dead guy or gal. They write better. Anyways, read some book about Jesus because that'll get us hungry for God. If you need suggestions, please come ask me. I'll have Victor give you a lot of lists. Number four, avoid temptation because home can be a hard place to be holy. Home can be a hard place to be holy, right? For example, let's say, back in your friends in high school or maybe friends back home, every Friday night, you'd go and Make poor decisions with them. After 10 p.m., you'd go smoke too much weed or any weed. Not too much, any weed. <laughs> it's not like a little bit's okay. No, no weed. Or you'd go get drunk with them, do things that are probably not honoring to God, right? And so that's what you do with those friends. Here's an idea for you. Don't hang out with them at 10 p.m. on Friday night. 
Go get breakfast with the homies. You're not getting high at Perkins, okay? <laughs> Set yourself up for success, all right? Don't like say you're dead to me now because I want to be holy and home's a hard place to be holy, so I will not smoke weed with you. No, just say, hey, let's get Perkins. That'll be better. Don't go hang out with them Friday at 10 o'clock and be like, I don't know why I fell into that sin. I do, you made a bad decision. Not that hard. Number, or another option. Let's say you struggle with looking at naughty things on your phone late at night when you're in your room and the door's shut and it's midnight. Maybe keep the door open. You're not gonna be watching anything naughty if mama's gonna walk in and see you. You're like, ah, this is awkward, right? You're not gonna do that. Keep your door open. Don't keep your phone in your room. Go to bed at like 10, crazy idea. You might think I'm nuts here. If you can't be pure, sleep on the couch. I promise you're not gonna watch porn on the couch. If so, you got other issues. We'll pray for you in the back and it'll be fine. Avoid temptation because home can be a hard place to be holy. If there's certain environments that are gonna trigger you to fall into sin, don't go to those environments. Don't make, you're not more spiritual if you're like, I did it. I went and saw my friends get drunk at the bar and I didn't do it with them. Yay, you could have done that at home too. It's not like any spiritual badges for making it harder for yourself, right? Anyways, number next one, real community. Real friends don't go all summer without talking. Amen to that. If your real friends are in Kyle, you should talk to them all summer. So what do these look like? Number five, stay in communication with your small group. Your small group's like your friends, right? So like talk to them over the summer. It's a good idea. Do anything with your friends. Number six, do something fun with your Kyle for friends over break. We'll probably have a couple fun things here. But like spend time, go to Lost Island, hang out with the people that you've hung out with all year. Don't be like, I'm back home, so you're dead to me now. That's uncomfortable because when you come back in August, it's gonna be really awkward for everyone. Number seven, this one's very important. Join a local church or come back to Scent. Join a local church. Church is not you watching other people have church on your iPad, Right? No, you need to be in a church. If you want to watch Scent Church, that's awesome. Watch it after you've gone to a different church. Join a local church. You need friends. People are going to comment on Facebook and be like, how's your holiness? That's not going to happen, right? That'd be awkward. No one comments on it because only three people watch it. Don't watch live streams. Go to a local church. Get involved in a community of people when you go home. Or you can come back here every week if you want to spend gas money. That's fine. I like you. Next one is real responsibility. Be a thermostat which means the thermostat sets the temperature, a thermometer reads it, right? So be a thermostat. Influence your home more than your home influences you. I pray that when you go home, your home gets more holy, not that you become less holy. So what does this look like? Number eight says, have Jesus-centered conversations. So when you're working, and please be working, don't just sit on your butt all summer. Get a job, all right? You don't need three months of rest from schoolwork. Get a job, make some money. Anyways, and when you're working, have Jesus-centered conversations. Bring Jesus into the workforce with you. Number nine, create a schedule and routine. If you wake up at noon every day and you're like, for some reason, I just feel really lethargic, get up at like at least nine. That's not too bad, right? Create a schedule routine. If you're gonna spend time with Jesus, put it in your routine, put it in your schedule. It's much harder if you just wake up sometime today and spend time with Jesus to actually do it. I challenge you at first thing in the morning, make it the first thing you do because usually the first thing we do shows what's most important to us, which is why most of us wake up and start checking social media. But anyways, I don't need to get into that rant today. So when you get up, make the first thing you do be spend time with Jesus. Get it in your routine. If it's not in the morning because you're really grumpy in the morning and you'll yell at God, that's fine. Do it at some point in time in your day, but make it a part of your routine. And number 10, serve your parents and family. Here's what I don't wanna see happen. You go home, be like, mom and dad, Jesus radically changed my life. 
this thing called Chi Alpha has really transformed me. And then you're like a jerk to your parents and your younger siblings. They're not gonna like me anymore. And I want your parents to like me. I'm a people-pleasing problem. And I want your parents to think kindly of us. So please be kind to your parents. And don't be like, Jesus, transform me. Then cuss out your little sibling. That doesn't make sense to them. Okay, serve your parents. Be the best family member that you could be. I pray that for those of you that are returning as a student or living here, that I see every one of you back here next fall. Even if this is your first time, I'd love to see you next fall. You'll get to see what it normally looks like. Don't let this summer push you away from Jesus. Even if you screw up, even if you go like a whole month without spending time with Jesus, so you fall back into a sin issue that you promised you never would, don't let that push you away permanently from the kingdom of God. Start again, get back up, be committed to you're not gonna give up on your relationship with Jesus. Make a commitment that over the summer, you're actually transformed more into the image of Jesus, not fall back into what you used to struggle with. This summer could be the best thing that's ever happened to your relationship with God if you're disciplined. I wanna see all of you back here next fall. Don't let the summer push you away from the King Jesus. Don't isolate yourself. Do the little things, be disciplined, and come back here next fall ready to go. Because, oh, am I excited for next fall. God has a plan for this August. I believe that we're gonna see that awakening that we talk about this fall. God has huge plans for this next freshman class, for this next year of Chi Alpha. Remember, this vision is we're gonna look at Jesus, and as we look at Jesus, people will be drawn to look at Jesus with us. I believe that this room can be filled with people worshiping King Jesus, and that we can see a world-changing impact through loving students and creating an environment for them to be transformed into the image of God. There's one very practical way to make this happen. So every year, we have our biggest outreach event during Welcome Week, we do this big Chick-fil-A party. Raise your hand if you came to that Chick-fil-A party. Yeah, that's where most of our group comes. So we serve free Chick-fil-A to all the new students. We also do things like buying new t-shirts. That's why all our shirts are free. We do a bunch of parties and events for Welcome Week. So one practical way that you can give back to next year is Welcome Week costs Kai off a lot of money. That Chick-fil-A comes at an absolute 0% discount. Thank you, God, for that. So it all adds up quickly. So here's my ask. For those of you that call Kai off a home, and this is your first time, don't feel indebted to do this, but if you call Kai off a home, what would it look like for you to give $100 towards Welcome Week next fall? Hopefully you're gonna make some money next, or this summer and you can make a small sacrifice that if we all do it, it's gonna go a really long way. So on our website, northerniowaxa.com, there's a give tab. If you click on that, you can scroll and click on Welcome Week and give to that. We also have a really easy way for you to give back is in the back after service, we have our square reader where you can buy shirts. You can give on that too. So if you wanna do it tonight because you don't ever have to think about it again, you could donate to next year's Welcome Week right now. And if you don't do it before you leave campus, you're probably gonna forget. And as you've noticed, if you've been around Chi Alpha, we've never taken up an offering here, right? Never asked for money before. The way that we pay for everything is I go in the summer and I ask churches and family friends to donate to Chi Alpha. We're also in this process, we're trying to grow our alumni support of Chi Alpha to help make all of it happen. But I have this dream. See, I have a dream of our Chi Alpha students paying for our outreach to freshmen, paying for Welcome Week. Why? Because your money is where your heart is, and I want your heart in the game. If we don't all give $100, that's okay. I'll go raise the money. We'll pay for it, I promise. But I think it'd be much cooler if I can say, our current Chi Alpha students paid for you to be here. What would it look like if we took care of it all? And we as Chi Alpha paid for Chi Alpha. College students giving back to college students. So I challenge you, what would it look like to sacrifice for the future of other students so God can do in them what he did in you? Pay it forward because someone bought your Chick-fil-A sandwich. Now you get to buy someone else's. I encourage you to take it one step forward. Not only do I ask you to give $100 towards Welcome Week, 
I ask you to ask your parents to do the same. Tell your parents what God's done in your life through Chi Alpha and say, will you make a small investment in seeing this continue happening? If this happened for every one of us, if each person and their parents gave $100 to $200 per student, we'd pay for every dime of Welcome Week plus money. And we made it so much easier. There's a square reader out in the lobby that they'd love to take your money. And if not, we'll still love you. And again, this is your first time. Don't feel obligated to do that. Students leaving. I also ask you to do the same and give $100 towards next year's Welcome Week, if not more. We need, gen- we need resources if we want to reach the next generation. Future alumni, if you're at the upperclassmen night, you heard me cast this vision of every alumni gives something for life. Help me create this vision. Help us create a culture where Chi Alpha pays for Chi Alpha, where we don't have to go ask other people to take care of the home. Help set up this future through your generosity. This looks like partnering with Chi Alpha monthly as you step into the marketplace. I don't care what number it is. The vision is every alumni gives something for life. It goes back to, I want your heart. I don't care about your dollar. I care about your heart and your money is where your, or your heart is where your money is. Let what God has done in you happen through you. Maybe not through you being on campus anymore, but through you paying for other people to be on campus. The future of Chi Alpha hinges on our alumni being financially generous. Help us see this vision come true. All right, I don't talk about money ever. I did in the last week, so cheers to that. But it'd be really cool if we took care of that, right, Chi Alpha? If we paid for Chi Alpha, didn't make other people do it. That's not the only way for us to practically grow, though. For students graduating, there's other practical things you can do to see this vision come true. So here's my prayer. My prayer is that everyone who's graduating, that you will transition well. That college will not be the pinnacle of your life with Jesus, but just the beginning of the journey. Don't let Chi Alpha be the glory years of your time with Jesus. I pray that what God has done in your life is going to continue happening. The first step to seeing this become reality is you need to get plugged into a local church. Find a Bible-teaching, spirit-filled church wherever you go. Community is vital to your growth. But I have two pieces of practical advice, and I know we're running out of time. Again, service does not usually go this long. We had a lot of things today, so thank you for your patience. But I want to speak to my graduating seniors as my last shot. Two pieces of advice as you get plugged into a local church. One, it's going to look different. The number one problem our alumni have when they transition out of Chi Alpha is their church looks a lot different than Chi Alpha. And that's hard for them. Chi Alpha is super intentional. We're very connected. There's a ton of community, a ton of discipleship that's not really feasible in the local church. Yes, community and discipleship happen in the church, but it looks different. You probably will not have a leader in the local church who meets with you at Panera every other week to discuss your heart and feelings. Your leader will probably have a job and kids, so they don't have time for that. And that's okay. They still love you. They love you deeply, even though they don't have every other week an hour to give to you. Your future small group in your church might not do sleepovers. They might not hang out till 3 a.m. because they have like lives and families. You'll probably spend less time with your church small group than you do with your Chi Alpha small group because people are in different seasons of lives. They have families and things going on, and that's what makes the local church beautiful. It's multi-generational. It's not the same as Chi Alpha, but it can still be beautiful, Right? The church is different, and that's okay. Own it. It can be easy to compare your future church to Chi Alpha and think of the ways that your church isn't the same and be disappointed and jaded or try to quit altogether. Or you can see the differences in this new season of life as something beautiful that you want to celebrate. You can be thankful for what God did in your life in Chi Alpha and for what you had, but also excited for what God's going to do. It'll be different, but most importantly, it's going to be what you make of it. In Chi Alpha, it is really, really hard to not get sucked into community. Just coming into service, sitting in the back and sneaking out is really hard around here because our small group leaders are nuts, okay? They're crazy and like attack you, like be my friend. The next year group's crazier, so we're all screwed. Anyways, it's gonna be fun though. 
And also, I'm a little crazy. So it happens. We kind of force community and discipleship down your throat here in Chi Alpha. It's probably a little creepy. Like I was thinking about my, I don't know if that's great, but I'm okay with it, I think. It's fine. We're growing closer to Jesus anyways. In your church, you're probably gonna have to work a little bit harder. There are more people with busier lives and they're not gonna force you to join their community or force you to be discipled. You will have to seek it out and you're gonna have to want it. Your life with Jesus, your church, it's gonna be what you make of it. It's up to you now. We've been preparing you for years to take ownership of your faith and your life with God. We've given you the tools to succeed and now it is up to you. You are equipped to continue growing closer to Jesus in your next season of life, but you will have to do the work. Here's the reality of Chi Alpha. We've spent the last one to four or five or six years teaching you to live a life of real devotion, real community, and real responsibility, to spend time with Jesus, to live in a family and live on mission. But see, Chi Alpha, Chi Alpha is not this group of students at UNI in this organization. That's not Chi Alpha. Chi Alpha is an idea. Chi Alpha is this idea that if you behold the glory of God and you look at Jesus and you invite others to do the same, you will become an ambassador for Christ. Christ's ambassadors, Chi Alpha. And if you do that, you'll change the world. See, Chi Alpha doesn't stay here. You are to take Chi Alpha with you wherever you go. Whatever that next season of life looks like, whether it's summer or it's moving on, graduating, you take it with you. You may leave Chi Alpha, but Chi Alpha does not leave you. My prayer is that what God has done in your life the last few years, he will now do through you wherever you go. And this is how we do it. This is how we change the world from Cedar Falls, Iowa. We go to the world and we bring what we've learned these past few years and we spread this message that we behold the image of Jesus and we help our world look like him. This is the last sermon that many of you are ever gonna hear me preach. I pray that you've learned at least one thing over the past few years. Look at Jesus. Be with Jesus. Behold the glory of God. Have a real devotional life. Your life with Jesus is up to no one besides you. It is not up to your church. It's not up to your family. It's not up to your pastor, your friends. You having a vibrant life with God is in the hands of no one besides you. You are the owner of your life with God. So if you're transitioning into a next season, you can follow Jesus well, I promise you. I know you can do it, but it's up to you. Or maybe you're here for the first time tonight and you've never really started a relationship with Jesus. See, the people around you, they're gonna love you like crazy. As you just heard, community is kind of the thing we do around here. They're gonna love you like crazy, but we're not gonna force Jesus upon you. It's up to you. It's up to you to recognize that there is a God who loves you so much that even though we run from him and we spit in his face through sin, he loved us so much that he died on a cross, took the most brutal punishment imaginable so we can have life with him and the veil can be removed. But it's up to you. Your future is up to you. No one else is gonna follow Jesus for you. No one else is gonna have a good summer for you. It's up to you.
can do it. Just look at Jesus. But don't stop there. Look at Jesus and invite other people to do it with you. Make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples until either you die or King Jesus comes back. Because nothing else in this world is going to satisfy you. No amount of money, no job, no family, no degree, none of it is going to fill the hole in your heart. The only thing that will satisfy you is looking at Jesus. This is it. This is my life message. This is Chi Alpha. We are a one-trick pony around here. We're going to look at Jesus. We're going to spend extravagant time with God. And then we're going to be formed to be more like Jesus. See, we will be disciples, not just converts. And then we're going to make more disciples. We're going to help our friends look at Jesus as well. The main idea tonight is the vision is Jesus. The vision is Jesus. This is the future. The future is looking at Jesus. And I believe that this vision can change the world. See, I believe in you. Maybe you're here tonight and you never felt like someone's believed in you. I promise there's someone who believes in you. It's me. Ask our team. I believe in everyone. I get excited. We love you all so much. We love you very, very much. And Jesus loves you way more than that. Deep in my bones, I know we can do this, Chi Alpha. No matter what your next season looks like, I know we can do this. We can change the world. We can change the world from Cedar Falls, Iowa. Everyone stand with me. We're going to spend a few minutes in worship here to end our school year looking at Jesus. We're going to sing a song of declaration of the goodness of God and what God can do when the power of God comes into our bones. And if this is your first time here tonight, or maybe you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to change that. See, maybe you're here just checking out this campus ministry thing before your school year ends and you're not really sure why you're here, but I think that God has a purpose for you. And you came on the weirdest night of all as we celebrate seniors and celebrate our interns and it takes double the amount of time it usually does. But maybe God just has this to give you a vision of what your life could look like if you gave it to him. So if you're here tonight and you are far from God, maybe you've never given your life to him or maybe you did once but you've walked away from him, I wanna give you an opportunity to change that. And the way we do that around Chi Alpha is I'm gonna count to three. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand as a symbol to God that you wanna go all in with him. So if that's you and you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you wanna change that and make Jesus your Lord, on the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Thank you, thank you. I just wanna know who I'm praying for. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for these new members of the kingdom of God. Jesus, thank you for these new friends. God, who have such a plan, thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Chi Alpha, let's go change the world. Amen. Amen. Let's worship together one more time.